Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm hosting this week, James Vickers. I'm joined as ever by optimistic Newcastle fan, Jake Jackman. Jake, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, James. I uh, can't talk about Newcastle on this podcast, but uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into the championship. Yeah, well, I've got to talk about Preston, unfortunately, which hasn't been going well the last few weeks. So with that, I'll throw it over to you. If you want to take us through the results from the midweek games that we've just had as we're recording this, uh, and we can go from there. Yeah, so we've just finished the midweek round of fixtures uh, last night. Um, so fresh in our minds, starting on Tuesday, we had Millwall and Swansea playing out a one-all draw. Uh, two teams outside the playoffs, so didn't do either of them any favours. Cardiff and Cholton drew nil-nil. Cholton keeping their third clean sheet post-lockdown. Barnsley beating Blackburn 2-0. Um, continuing the trend which we'll see over these results of teams that were in the bottom three or are in the bottom three getting good results. Brentford went away to Reading and won 3-0. Um, Fulham beat QPR 2-1, coming from behind. Leeds and Luton, in a surprise result, drew one all at Ellen Road. Wigan, um, who we'll come on to a lot later, um, beating Stoke 3-0. Derby, and then moving into Wednesday, uh, fixtures, Derby beating Preston 1-0 in the early kickoff. Huddersfield beating Birmingham 3-0 uh, to improve their chance of staying up. Um, Nottingham Forest beating... Bristol City 1-0 with Bristol City having a man sent off. West Brom beating Sheffield Wednesday 3-0. And Hull beating Middlesbrough 2-1 last night with a late goal from Hull in that one. So only two draw, uh, three draws in, in the midweek fixtures. A lot of wins. Yeah, there was quite a few games that stood out for me. One in particular, a team that are absolutely flying since uh, the football's resumed, Brentford. And... I was saying this on another show a few days ago. I genuinely wouldn't be surprised with the way that Leeds and West Brom are sort of making it a bit harder for themselves, shall we say, at the moment. If Brentford really seriously put pressure on them to in the the automatics. Brentford, we've talked about quite a lot on this show, have always been a little bit inconsistent. They're so good going forwards. They're a joy to watch, but it's that consistency which has seen them fall just short on a number of occasions. But this season... They've really found that sort of recipe for picking up points when they're not necessarily playing well. This week, though, against Brent uh, against Reading, rather, um, absolutely fantastic. I was all set to talk about Ollie Watkins and how good he is and Ben Rama. Neither of them contributed a goal and an assist this week, but it was a couple of the sort of more unsung heroes for them uh, in Buemo and uh, Josh De Silva. Goal each for them absolutely flying and when you're getting people chipping in goals when the likes of Watkins and Ben Rama aren't scoring you're doing something right. Reading as I found out with a sort of supporting Preston, difficult place to go. Brentford went there 3-0 winners and I think for, for Brentford 
away from home more particular because their away following isn't one of the biggest in the league. I think they sort of struggle with that, which is why they haven't been as consistent with the fans getting behind them. At Griffin Park, absolutely fantastic. You know, one of the best home teams in a game that I always dread when the fixtures come out as a Preston fan. And I think having the football behind closed doors has really benefited them because it's got more of a feel as like a training game. I'd say on paper they are one of, if not the top sort of two most talented sort of 11s in the league. And you can see that from the way they're playing at the moment with the pressure off of, of not having fans getting on your back. And, you know, as I said at the start of this, I really wouldn't be surprised if they went and put some serious pressure on on Leeds and, and West Brom for the remaining weeks. And, you know, if they keep playing as they are doing and, and them to, you know, slip up a little bit more, I think they're five points behind West Brom at the moment with six to play. So definitely not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, it could be a very good end to the season for Brentford. Other surprising result for me was the Leeds-Luton game. Leeds, I thought, would have hit the ground running after football resumed. You know, they've had... A number of weeks, obviously, through no fault of their own, to, to get players back fit. They just seem a little bit flat at the moment. They've had a couple of draws here and there. And Luton, who got a draw against those, really fighting for their lives. And one of the teams I could potentially see getting out of that relegation trouble if they carry on playing the way they are doing at the moment. So a little bit disappointed with Leeds. I thought they would have had a bit too much for Luton. Um, but just goes to show how unpredictable the championship is. They're the two that stand out for me, Jake. Are there any others in particular that stand out for that I've not mentioned there? Yeah, so there's a couple. Um, I think focusing on what's going on at the bottom of the table, I thought that the uh, Cardiff-Cholton game being 0-0 was a bit of a surprise. Cardiff having won their previous two um, following the restart, moving into the playoff positions, I thought this was a game that they would uh, they would win at home. Um, Cholton obviously been impressive since the restart as well, but they'd only played Hull and QPR, um, two teams that hadn't really been up to much. Um, so I thought that this would be one step too far for Cholton, but they managed to, to keep it tight and it was quite a close game. Um, both teams had chances. Um, it was very much a, a nil-nil in, in it was quite boring, but both teams were evenly matched in terms of what they did produce in the attacking half. So wasn't um didn't put themselves to shame. They're very tight at the back, obviously, third clean sheet in a row. So without Lyle Taylor, I think Lebo has noticed that they're just going to have to keep clean sheets to stay up, and, and they've done that. And that's seven points out of uh, a possible nine now, and they're moving into a, a nice position in the table. Uh, not safe yet, but um, looking a lot more likely to stay up in the over the coming weeks. Um, well placed in 18th position, so... Um, yeah, good good result for Charlton. Um and I think the other one for me, um not really surprising, but I I think I'll get your thoughts on it as a Preston fan. Um Derby going to, to beat Preston uh one nil away from home. Deepdale's obviously been quite a fortress in recent seasons, but maybe not having fans isn't helping there. But if you look at the form table over the last six games, um Derby are second in that with 15 points, obviously moving closer to the playoffs. Um, they've been excellent since Rooney came in. Preston, 24th in the form table, couldn't be any lower, picked up the fewest points over the last six matches with only one point. Um, so, yeah, James, what is going on at Preston? Uh, they're turning me grey, uh, first of all. Um, I was really optimistic coming out of, uh, well, coming into the football resuming again that we could pick up that form that we left off. We just looked like we don't have any idea what we're doing in the final third of the pitch uh, to be completely honest uh, some of the signings that 
Neil's made just haven't kicked on the way that I would have thought they would have. Scott Sinclair's been really disappointing. He got the goal against Luton, but in the Derby game, he was just non-existent down the uh, down the right wing. And it wasn't until Tom Barkazin came on that we actually looked a threat. I think he came on in the 77th minute uh, without being exact at a minute. And from that point on, we actually looked a threat going forwards. Derby just had that know-how and experience at the at the back to keep us out but if that had been like that from the start of the game you know who knows what would have happened creative wise we're just not creating enough chances James Stockley Nugent aren't the quickest so there's no running in behind Maguire who can run in behind just has no confidence whatsoever at the moment only got a couple of goals this season and there's real issues in that forward area for us which I think is ultimately going to see us fall short but the actual the form is quite worrying. If if we were getting, you know, draws here and there, been in games, I'd obviously still be bothered, but not as bothered. But we, we just look like a side who've completely run out of steam, don't have a plan B. Um, and I think between now and the end of the season, Neil, who's always been reluctant to change his formation, he's quite rigid in the fact that he sticks to a 4-2-3-1 and very rarely deviates from that. He's going to sort of hopefully experiment meant with new things and, and see if he can get us you know back playing we've been in awful form but if you look at the table we're not still not a million miles away we're only four points back off the playoffs which i know we've we were in the playoffs when football resumed but four points for six games to go is certainly an amount that we can make up so he needs to get it right and get it right quickly um but yeah it's, it's not been going well at all um for then individual performances of the sort of the match day, there's there's one that stands out for me in particular, um, and I'll I'll sort of go with mine first, and then see if you have any others. Jake was Cal Naismith at Wigan. We'll get onto Wigan a little bit later in the show with the troubles that's going on there at the moment, but a big relegation six pointer for them against Stoke. Wigan now, I believe it's seven clean sheets in a row, um, and one defeat in eight fantastic form for them for a side that still are near the foot of the table which shows you as you touched on at the start of the show jake all the sides in and around the relegation zone are all picking up points which is making it hard for the likes of luton and barnsley to to get out of trouble because when they pick up points everyone else does so it's really congesting that bottom half of the table but wigan now who come christmas time we were saying you know we're more or less dead and buried 10 points off the bottom now 14 a couple more wins for them. I'd say two more wins out of these last six. Definitely safe if they're not safe already. I think they're they're in a lot better form uh, compared to the teams in and around the bottom. In that bottom half, they've conceded the least amount of goals as well. Um, I think you have to look up to Millwall in 11 for teams that have conceded less than them. So they're, they're making themselves hard to beat and they're starting to pick up points as a result of that as well. Cal Smith was fantastic. That first goal that, that Wigan scored, though, serious questions need to be asked again of Jack Butland how that managed to go in off his knee from that position you know it's like one of those goals that you concede on FIFA and end up throwing your controller um you know he should be doing a lot better than that for a former England international um Stoke worrying about them got a really tough run of fixtures um but Wigan I say it in a surprising manner but the way they've been in recent weeks picking up where they left off um, from sort of February, March, just carried on that great form and they're having a really strong end to the season, um, which is, you know, a delight for them on the pitch. Obviously, they've got their off-field troubles, but yeah, Cal Smith for me was my standout performance of the week. Are there any others in particular for you, Jay, that stood out? Yeah, I thought uh, Wayne Rooney was very good. 
um, step above um, in that game. You could just see the class he's brought to to Derby, although he doesn't might not have the physicality and the the pace and the mobility that he once did. He's 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 been a massive imp- um, part of that Derby team and and brought on a lot of those young players. So yeah, he he stood out for me. Excellent free kick as well. Um, just going back on the uh, Wigan point, I thought Naismith was very good. Um, you're right to say they're probably safe at the moment, but as we know, they could be getting a 12-point deduction, which would put them in 24th position. So don't think we should be getting ourselves ahead on of Wigan just yet. Uh, form is good, and they'd probably still back themselves to stay up from that. Um, but yeah, they, they're going to be hit in the not-too-distant future with a 12-point points deduction. Um, other players that, that stood, stood out, I thought that... Um, Embuemo was good for Brentford. We obviously mentioned him a little bit earlier. Jacob Brown, very good for Barnsley, getting a goal uh, and just leading the line quite well in that game against Blackburn. Um, so yeah, I think that they're the, the main ones for me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I agree with you there. To, to come on into Wigan, um, sort of quite nicely takes us on to it. Obviously, you mentioned that 12 points deduction. The main headline this week is that Wigan are, are going into administration. Are you surprised by that in terms of not too distantly been in the uh well sort of ago been in the premier league i always thought of wigan especially under dave whelan as a club that live within their means obviously they don't spend fortunes on players um they don't have the biggest fan base so they were always you know there or thereabouts in terms of financial um sort of steadiness came as a bit of a surprise to me but you look at the the northwest teams over the last few seasons that have you know been in real financial trouble you like some bolton berry unfortunately no longer a football club uh, how do you see the Wigan situation developing do you think that there will be further repercussions uh, to go along with the possible 12 point deduction do you think that they could you know drop down a division do you think it could hopefully not go the way of Berry? um what are your thoughts on that at the moment yeah it's still quite fresh in the mind um I think that they're in uh, very much in danger of going down and um, are currently top of the the um, form table over the last six games, so um, taking 16 points from that. So they've obviously in very good form, uh, which seen them shoot up to mid-table, but they will be getting a 12-point deduction, so that will take them down to 38 points, um, which is currently six points from safety with six games to go. So regardless of the form you're in, that's not that's not a position you'd want to be in, uh, and I don't think I'd back them to stay up from that, um, especially given the, the amount of wins that the other teams are getting at the bottom of the table. It'd be very tough for them to stay up once this 12-point deduction goes through. So it looks like they will be going down. Um, it's just quite an, 
seems to have come out of nowhere uh, quite recently taken over so you'd have thought that there would there'd be one of the more stable uh, clubs um, with with finance coming in um been warnings at government committee meetings that there could be another 10 or 15 clubs facing similar um similar issues and going into administration if if there isn't any um financial intervention from the government or the premier league or the fa um but i'm not i don't think it will go the same way as wigan uh as um berry sorry i think that they're I read a story yesterday that, that there's been 12 expressions of interest in in buying the club um and taking it off the administrator's hands so that that that's a positive sign um obviously FA Cup winners not long ago so they've got and, and Premier League as well as you as you said so I think there'll be interest in in taking them on um but yeah it just seems to have come out of nowhere and it is I don't think it's going to be the last team that we see it in the football league um go into administration I, I think it's a, as I've said um another 10 or 15 clubs could hopefully it's not going to be that many but be surprised if Wigan were the only one um I know there were more rumours coming out today um of, of recordings of Rick Parry uh, the EFL chairman talking about um rumours about large bets being placed on Wigan to go down um in the, in the Middle East where uh, the ownership group comes from and maybe putting them putting them into administration is a way to for this bet to come in I think I've seen on social media it's all subjective but there is a recorded of Rick Parry discussing this um, so yeah it's um, lots of rumours going around I think there's a lot more to come out of, of the Wigan story but as they've gone into administration the EFL have no no choice but to give them the 12 point deduction um, so yeah that that's probably going to see them go down which is a shame considering how good they've been since the turn of the year yeah, I agree with you. I think it is really disappointing for them. Obviously, been in fantastic form, as I touched on. And, you know, that sort of squad of players with the way they've played, especially over the last eight games, really don't deserve to go down. The The only thing that, I mean, I say potentially could save them is, is obviously that form at the moment. If they, they did get that 12-point deduction, which would take them down onto 38 points, that leaves them uh, six points above the... Rel- uh, sorry, outside the 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 relegation zone to to stay up for next season so you know could they make that up over six games yeah with the way they're playing um I, I don't think it'd affect the players on the pitch in the sense that it wouldn't knock their confidence you know if they can just put their head down and focus on the way that they have been playing i'd be more than confident that they can pick up points still between now and the end of the season um just obviously for the fans who they've been punished with the fact of not being able to go to games and then to have you know this 12 point deduction is a real sort of sting for them looking at their fixtures now though as a, a sort of touch on that potentially then still getting themselves out of trouble some very winnable games in in those last few they've got qpr at home who have been a bit hit and miss they're away at barnsley who are right down there at home to hull you know right down there with them away at charlton who are right down there with them so you know, three or four really big six-pointers there for them. Um, next game away at Brentford and then the last game home to Fulham, pretty tricky ones. But those four games in between, if they can pick up nine points or so from them, I just don't have any confidence in the teams in and around them to, to get many points between now and the end of the season. So, you know, while a 12-point deduction would sting, if they can get, you know, three or four wins out of those last six, it puts them in a really good position then to potentially stay up again obviously be a hell of a feat if they did um but i think it's just come at the the wrong time for them if it had come sort of 
earlier in the season. They know what they're sort of playing with then between now and the end of the season. Um, but yeah, a little bit worried for them. But I think, you know, if any team in that bottom half has got the quality and consistency at the moment to get out of trouble from that, that'd be Wigan. And I think for the sort of the financial side of it, staying in the championship, if they could, it'd be absolutely massive for them as well. It's a bit of a double whammy, the, the points deduction and then relegation that comes with it. So you're in effect being punished twice. Um Moving on then to the other sort of main story from the championship this week and one that I've had quite a keen interest in with my sort of affiliation with German football and I know Jake hates when I talk about German football on this uh, this show but Jude Bellingham of Birmingham, uh, all but sealed as we're recording this while it's not been announced, it's, it's more or less done and we're just waiting for the ink to dry securing a £23 million move to Borussia Dortmund, um, following in the footsteps of Jaden Sancho as another young English player who's gone over there. And then people like Rabi Matondo, John Joe Kenny have gone to Schalke, for example, of young English and sort of UK-based players who are going over to the Bundesliga and really sort of kicking on and turning themselves into household names. Do you expect Bellingham to follow in that? There's no doubt that he's an absolutely you know, phenomenally talented footballer at his age. And he's only going to get better. Do you see Dortmund as the right club for him? Or would you have preferred him to either stay at Birmingham or potentially go to someone like Manchester United, who he was linked with? Um, it's a difficult one. Um, I think that it, another year in the Championship probably would have done him a lot of good. But then at the same time, Birmingham might need the money. Um, there's a lot of demand in Bellingham right now. Um, and it might be the right time to move him on. We don't know what, what he, his agents want as well. So, you know... It, it's a good time, I think, um, for him to to move when his reputation is so high. He's only just turned uh, seventeen in the last week, so you know that's a scary thought that he's already played uh, thirty five matches in the championship before he even turned uh, seventeen. So he's got a lot of experience for assists. Um, good record. He always stands out. Um, when I watch Birmingham, he's just you can see the talent he's got for a player of his age is remarkable. Um, Play, played all across midfield, so he's quite versatile. Um, so it be interesting to see how he develops in, in Germany. Um, I'd expect that to go through. It's been reported in a lot of places, so it does seem to be going that way. It'd be interesting how they, how they play him and how they use him. We've obviously seen with Sancho that they were quick to give him minutes. It was quite a slow build, but at the same time, he was given minutes pretty much from the off. Uh, he just sort of had to, to work his way into being a starter, but then... I think this, Bellingham won't mind that same progress. Um, a few seasons ago, we had Ryan Sessegnon doing so well in the Championship. Uh, we then saw what happened when when he finally left Fulham. It's not gone well. He's barely featured. Um, so it was important that Bellingham picked the right move. I think Manchester United would have been a, would have been a good move as well. But see why it's gone to Dortmund. I think it's he can sort of develop outside the um, outside the eye of the the English press, which I think has done Sancho a lot of good. So. And, and Sancho doing so well there and, and, and emerges, you know, one of the best players in Europe now. Um, it's just such a, a marker for a player like Bellingham. You can see why he, he's decided to, to take the same move and it'll be exciting to see how he goes over there. I'd expect if he does go, he'll probably get a good amount of minutes. I think, James, you'll you'll be more knowledgeable than me on this, so interesting to get your thoughts on it. But I'm sure he'd get, um, you know, well over... He'd feature in well over 20 games, whether that was as a sub or a few as a starter across the Cups and, and the league. So, yeah, it'd be inter- interesting to know your thoughts on, on what this would mean to Bellingham and if you think that this is the right move for him. Yeah, definitely. I think out of the, the teams that he potentially could have gone to, 
I think Dortmund, for their reputation over the last certainly five to ten years of developing young players, has been you know second to none. You look at the likes of Sancho, who we mentioned, uh, Usman Dembele came in relatively unknown. Uh, Christian Pulisic came through the youth academy, so there's definitely the opportunity there for him to learn and develop. And as you mentioned. Dortmund are a team that aren't afraid to give young players minutes. Um, even over the last few games of the season, people like uh, Tobias Raschel and Marco Renta, who are coming through the academy, have got minutes. And there was an interview with Mikel Zork, who's one of the higher-ups at Dortmund, who said when Sancho came in, rather than you know immediately rushing him, they wanted to make sure he was acclimatised to uh, his surroundings. They gave him the opportunity to learn and train with the under-23s initially, and they didn't rush him for the sake of rushing him. So I think what Dortmund will do, which will benefit Bellingham in the long run, is give him that real good grounding in the under-23s. If he's not quite ready for the first team, obviously he's done fantastically well at Birmingham, so I wouldn't be surprised if sooner rather than later he was in that first-team setup. But they'll they'll certainly look after him, nurture him. And yeah, I expect him to play in the, the, the Pokal, which is the German FA Cup, uh, and in you know feature on the bench in some of the, the games as well. So... I think it definitely is the the right move for him. Um, And the Bundesliga is really getting a reputation now as a place for young English talent to go and develop, which certainly in our lifetime, before Sancho went, I can only really think of, you know, players like Owen Hargreaves, uh, Joey Barton to some extent, who who went abroad, were quite a a narrow-minded country in terms of developing young English footballers that you look at English players outside the Premier League and you can probably name uh, outside sort of English competition. Uh, as the Premier League as well and you can probably name them on one hand players who play on the continent so I think Sancho going initially has really sort of opened the floodgates and it's only going to benefit the national team as well in the long run learning in different environments different coaches different ways to play the game so I think it's going to benefit Bellingham in particular Dortmund and also England in the long run so yeah fantastic move for all parties and uh you know, I only wish him the best as someone who does have a, a keen interest in Dortmund as well, uh, hoping he hits the ground running and he does get the opportunity to play with Sancho if they can hold on to him throughout the summer. Um, taking us then to the, the last part of the show, previewing the games for next week, um, Derby versus Nottingham Forest, Jake, is the first one I want to go through. How do you see this game going at the weekend? Do you think that Forest can go to Derby, who are playing well, and uh, and continue their hot runner form? Yeah, it's good. It's good going to be one of the uh, better fixtures this weekend I think it's obviously a derby it's going to be interesting out um, having no fans impacts that we obviously saw Everton Liverpool sort of being a bit of a damp squib in the Premier League so hopefully this won't go the same way um, two teams in fairly good form um, Nottingham Forest taking um, seven points since the restart um, and Derby taking maximum nine um, which obviously shows um their current form, one of only three teams to take maximum points since the restart. Um, played some difficult games as well in that, so um, it's definitely um reason to be confident as a Derby fan. Not sure that the home advantage should do a lot here, um, but it's going to be a very interesting marker to see where Derby and Forest are. Forest obviously should be pretty safe in those playoff positions, although a win for Derby and they take some four points off them, so it does um, increase the pressure and bring them back into it. Um, yeah, it's a really difficult one to call. Um, I think I think I'm going to side with Derby purely because of their form. Um, since Rooney came in, it's, it, it probably 
I think it's it's up there in in the best two, if not the best form, um, since since uh, the Rooney transfer happened. So, yeah, difficult to back against them in their current form. They've gone from sort of 16th position up to seventh very quickly. Um, five wins on the bounce now. Yeah, I think they're going to have enough to beat Forest on a Saturday. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Derby watching them against us uh, in midweek, they were absolutely fantastic. Rooney in that midfield next to Bird was absolutely fantastic. Just controlled the tempo of the game and some of the passes that he was playing, you know, he's really sort of made that role his own as he's got older, dropped deeper and deeper. And, you know, it's a fantastic asset for them to have. I'm going to go with Derby as well. This game could go either way. I'm going to go with Derby purely on the basis that they're the home team and that... I've, saw, I've seen them play more recently than I have Forrest and for how good they were against us. And, I, you know, the frightening thing was it didn't even look like they got out of second gear for the most of the game. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Derby. Uh, could go either way, but it's a game that I'll probably watch and be quite sort of excited to watch. It should be, you know, a pretty good game and a Derby match as well. Uh, only adds to the, the occasion of it. Second one that we'll go through then, Jake, Bristol City. You've been really disappointing uh, since the... The restart against Cardiff, who've been pretty good. Um, how do you see that game going for two teams sort of in and around the playoffs? Obviously, Cardiff in the playoffs now. Do you expect them to kick on and, and really cement a place in the playoffs? Or do you think Bristol can get back to winning ways against them? Yeah, it's going to be a, a, an interesting one. Um, I think that Cardiff um, are quite a good team on the counter, quite physical. I think playing against Leeds a couple of weeks ago suited them. And I think Bristol City playing against them is going to suit them as well. I think that they found it difficult sort of being the team expected to win, having the lion's share of possession into Charlton. Uh, sort of coming up against a slightly worse version of themselves um, and, and they found that difficult. Um, so I think this is going to benefit them. We obviously know Lee Johnson likes his team to play a bit of football. I think they'll look to, to take the ascendancy, but there's just no confidence there. Similar to Preston, I think that Neil and, and Johnson are both streaky managers. When it goes right for them, it goes right. And they they, they go on nice runs of form, but when it goes bad, it, it, they just don't seem to be able to, to turn a slump very quickly. Uh, it's either like all in or all out. They just can't find that average form and, and given they're in the middle of three losses in a row uh two points from their last six matches um yeah it's difficult to back them i think they've fallen well off the playoffs and i can't see them getting back into it um so yeah i think i'm going to tip cardiff i think i'm going to go for a narrow one nil cardiff win probably from a set piece yeah Exactly the same reasons as you. I'm going to go with Cardiff in this one. Um, counter-attacking team, so the onus is on Bristol. Been at home, needing to to win to get into the playoffs uh, to attack them. So I can see Cardiff, you know, hitting them on the break. You were quite sort of spot on with what you said there about the about Neil and Johnson, and it's probably why we both find ourselves like almost banging mid-table at the moment. You know, we just can't get that consistency. Similar to how Brentford have been in previous years. That I touched on at the start of the show. To, to get into the playoffs we do you know so well for the majority of the season and then it's that consistency which lets us down so yeah I'm gonna go Cardiff um it'd be another pretty good game to watch to be honest there's quite some uh good fixtures this weekend in the championship uh fully expecting uh yeah Cardiff to get a winner um I think it'll be tight as you said uh decided by the odd goal um 1-0 2-1 would be fair but yeah I'm going to agree with you and go Cardiff Last one, which I'm assuming that we're going to agree for, for all three of these games, uh, is West Brom at home against Hull City. Um, West Brom, obviously, second at the moment, a point behind Leeds. Hull, good win in midweek against Middlesbrough. Um, lost a couple of key players for injury. Um, 
Herbie Kane went off after scoring in the first half. So it remains to be seen whether he'll feature in the game. Um, Hull obviously had been in free-for-all since losing Bowen and Grisicki in the, the January transfer window. Looked to potentially have turned the corner with that win against Middlesbrough. Can you see him going to West Brom and getting anything? Or do you think West Brom will have too much for them, especially playing at home and trying to cement their place in that top two? Uh, yeah, it's been interesting with Hull. They've sort of shown a, a slight resurgence since all the, the negative press came out about them. Um, after the Cholton game, I thought that would probably spell the end of them, but they've sort of shown a bit of fight since then. So, yeah, they've scored, scored five goals in their last two matches. Um, maybe we shouldn't be too quick to write Hull off, but that said, I'm going to do that because I just think West Brom is so much better and I still don't back Hull to stay up. I still think they're going to go down. So, yeah, I think West Brom to win um, and sort of consolidate their place in, in the in the top two, although with tough games coming up after the whole game. I think they've got um, with, um, Derby coming up. So, yeah, it's, good. This is, it's important they win this one to relieve any sort of pressure ahead of that Derby game. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a West Brom win. Yeah, I'm going to go a West Brom win as well. Uh, again, the reasons you said, I think, why they are in the table. Um, the two teams, you know, will ultimately make all the difference. West Brom, fantastic going forwards and solid at the back as well in, in the most part. So, I expect West Brom to have too much for Hull. Obviously, we probably would have said that Leeds would have been Luton last week. So, uh, you know, remains to be seen. But I think looking at it, West Brom should have far too much for Hull. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go for a, a West Brom win in this. Um, but with that then, Jake, we're out of time. If you want to let anyone know any projects you're involved in, anything that you appear on, now's a good time. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two ends. I'm going to be on the... Uh, Premier League show um, on the EPL Roundtable uh, channel this weekend. I think we're recording that Sunday, so give that one a listen when it comes out. Yeah, and you can find me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Uh, I'm on the Footy Accumulators betting show with Alan McAnally, which comes out each week. Uh, Also tweet mainly about German football and obviously on the Championship show as well. So if any of them um, are interesting to you, give me a follow. And more importantly, you can find us on our show page, which is at Championship Pod. Each episode pinned on there, so give us a follow, turn on the notifications, and you won't miss an upload. Um, With that, as I said, we're out of time. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.